David Locke's weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke joining us now. David, good morning. Good morning, David James. What time did you get to bed? Uh, about 2 a.m. actually. <laughs> <laughs> I got 2.30 on me going right now. Nice, oh. nice of me to say I do this interview at 8 o'clock this morning. <laughs> good idea. Good plan. Not really. Didn't think that all the way through. No, I actually did, because I have a 10 o'clock meeting, so I knew I'd do locked on jazz afterwards, so I actually did think it through. So. There it, it is. Loud, though. Guess what I get to do today? Uh, prep for game three tomorrow night. I'm so excited. It's way better than that. Oh. You're golfing with Jack Nicholas. I'm getting out of an airplane and going to Los Angeles. There it is. He's back on the road, baby. And I could not be more thankful to our organization and the people involved to respecting the job of broadcasters and the ability to tell the story to the fans by being in the arena. They did not have to do this, and the league said they could if they wanted to, but there was no mandate from the league. This was a jazz decision, and I could not be more thankful uh, for our organization. Um, okay, what did you see in the arena in Game 2 that most of us did not see uh, watching on TV? So the biggest one I saw in Game 1 was how much the Jazz, and I saw it again in Game 2, is how much the Jazz players talk to each other and how much the Clippers players don't. In Game 1, there was a moment where Luke Kennard got beat defensively, and I think he thought he was supposed to have help on the far side of the floor from our broadcast site. And while they were in the, after the play... And it, you could see him, I think there was a foul, you could see him turn and take two steps like he's going to go ask someone about it and then decide not to. And they all went their five separate ways. Whereas if you watch the Jazz, even after the biggest plays, there's always side conversations going on. One of the early timeouts last night, there was uh, Donovan and Joe stopped outside, then Royce and Joe talked, and then Boyan and someone were talking while Quinn had pulled somebody off the side. Like this. So you notice that all the time. Um, Quinn coached portions of last night's game across half court. Um, and so you really can tell, you know, when a possession matters and things like that to him of when he's crossed over. Um, from an announcer standpoint, not a, I think that's what fans would think. From an announcer standpoint, calling the game, the biggest impact um, on your ability to call the game is as a play-by-play announcer, well, there's about 23, but um, one of the biggest impacts is that when a player shoots the basketball, I stay on the player. I see if it goes in, obviously, right? But it's like you're on the player, which you actually never realize until you try to call NBA games off a TV screen, is that the TV leaves the shooter and follows the ball. Rightfully so, right? And in a close-up version. So all those reaction shots you see by a player are actually cutaways or replays afterwards, which is a radio announcer you actually can't use it. So, you know, when you can feel Donovan, how hot he is when he's backpedaling, you've seen it in the arena, right? Like when he or Boyan particularly will take a shot and they're starting to backpedal before they even, they, you know, they know it's going in. It also just lets you anticipate how you make your call. Like... You know, you can tell uh, if something's going to go in or not. So I think you can tell a much better story. I mean, the way I would describe it is as a radio announcer, I have a telescope in my, and I'm deciding where I'm telescoping throughout the games. 
So sometimes it can be wide throughout the arena. Sometimes it can be down to the shoelaces of Jordan Clarkson's left shoe, right? Um, and depending on what I what I want at that moment. And when you call it off the screen, you've lost the ability to choose where it is and what it is. Did you find yourself surprised by Boyan Bogdanovich's ability to defend Kawhi Leonard possession after possession late in the game? In one sense, absolutely, because I, you know, he just did not. You know, last year we matched his minutes with Rudy Gobert every minute, so that he was protected defensively. Um, he wasn't great this year either. So, in one sense, and actually, there was a point in time this year where teams hunted him, um, and it was concerning. Like, oh wow, like. You know, teams are choosing who they're going to go after. Um, so in that sense, yes. In the other sense, maybe not. And the reason I say that is because of two factors. Um, one, he's so big, right? So Kawhi's advantage is his strength and power more than his quickness. And Boyan matches that strength and power. Um, the other time Boyan's defense was thought of very highly was when his final year in Indiana, he guarded LeBron in the playoffs. He did a tremendous. He did a tremendous job on LeBron in those playoffs. Um, and then the third reason that now that it's happening, I'm not stunned. Is you actually go back and look at the career numbers of Boyan guarding LeBron since he's been in Utah. Um, I don't. I haven't gone back to look at him since Indiana. I guess I could, um, but uh, he's been really good, and he's actually bothered him quite a bit. So it's not a one-off day where item in which. Uh, Kawhi Leonard seems to be off. There actually might be a little something to uh, the size and power, matching size and power. So we talk a lot about offense. In a a minute or two, I'll pull those numbers up. But um, I decided to make a double espresso to do this interview um, and not turn on my computer. I will now turn on my computer. Okay, without the numbers, though, uh, we talk a lot about offense. But Quinn Snyder talked in the postgame. There's a lot of talk about fatigue. And I asked Quinn about that. You know, obviously, yes, they've been fatigued. But since they've won both games that are up 2-0, you can't argue, right? You got the wins. Guys are tired. Oh, well, you're 2-0. But is it sustainable going forward? Now, partly the decision's made for him because Conley's hurt, and Conley's minutes, me and he's getting a few of them, but they're largely being spread around um, on the players who are already playing pretty large minutes. So now they're playing huge minutes. But Quinn also went to the matchup, and he clearly is loving what Royce O'Neal is doing and wants him on the floor uh, when when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are out there, so do you think it's sustainable going forward? I mean, forty one minutes, and I think a lot of people on Twitter are saying, "Man, the team looks gassed now." Well, you got two guys playing thirty nine minutes and one guy playing forty one. They might be gassed at the end of the game. I think you people are all right, but do you think Quinn sticks with that? I mean, if Conley comes back, it makes his decisions easier. But if Conley isn't ready, can Quinn keep playing the team the way he's playing? No, I think if Conley comes back, those guys are still playing 41. He won't take any of their minutes. I mean, I, didn't, I haven't looked at last night, but going into last night, these are pretty interesting. Kawhi Leonard going into last night in his career when guarded by Royce O'Neal, 16 or 46. When guarded by Boyan Bogdanovich over the last two years, 6 of 17. Paul George, when guarded by... Uh, Royce O'Neal, um, over the last uh, two years, seven for 24. 
Okay, uh, so Rudy. so O'Neal and Bogdanovich are going to keep playing the big minutes. Gobert at 36 was less outrageous because Favors has 12. So if Conley comes back, he'll get the five minutes Mione played, but he'll probably take a little time from Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell, and those guys might look fresher, but the other guys are still going to play their big minutes. I think so. Okay. Hey, I want to congratulate Paul George. He matched his consecutive game streak for the season last night at nine. I mean, that's just an incredible accomplishment. A playing nine straight games? Uh-huh. That's the most he's played all year without yeah. a break. I... Kawhi Leonard played his ninth straight game last night also, and he once this year has played 12 in a row without a break. I thought Paul George was fine. I know there's a lot of playoff P and a lot of chanting in the arena. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, the shooting 8 of 18 isn't bad. 2 of 6, all 9 free throws. But Kawhi Leonard isn't getting to the free throw line. If he keeps scoring 21 points a game, are the Clippers going to win this series? I would think no. Well, well, so if if we want to talk about last night, um, big picture, let's back up a second. So we had the outlier shooting night last night. That's why we won. Right. Okay, we, we make or, make or miss leads. We made everything last night. Fifty one percent from three. Right. So that's why we won last night. We like thank you, Lucky Stars. Luck was on our side last night. The ball went in. Uh, I haven't looked at our ratings, but I'm sure it's one of our best shooting nights of the entire season off our our shot quality. You know, that's why we won. That that's not sustainable. That's the item that's not sustainable. This is this is very similar to what Dallas did in game two to the Clippers. They shot the lights out. They shot the lights out in game three and then lost, which was always my moment of like concern. I, in fact, I think last week we said that right on the show, you asked me about that. And I said, I'm pretty concerned about Dallas. They shot 51% from three in game three and lost. Like, Oh, that's a, like you actually, you're more, if that's what it takes you to lose, we have a problem. Um, so that's the story last night. Um, from the standpoint of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and I haven't looked at Paul George's shot chart last night, um, and I think he was a little more aggressive in, in the paint, a little bit better than he was um, in the previous game. But he, if he's not getting to the rim, um, and last night he took four shots at the rim, he took four shots in the paint. So that's actually right about what he does. So he was much more aggressive um, going back. Then he his range is kind of 8 of 18. Like, like he actually shot his kind of regular mm-hmm. night last night. Yeah. Um, maybe he makes one more three and he goes 9 of 18. But he, he's not getting a shot chart that is allowing him, and Kawhi Leonard maybe is the same story, that as of right now is going to allow him to have the 18, you know, the huge night where he suddenly goes off for 35 or 40. And it feels a little bit like the Clippers need that. Now, the reason it feels that way is because the Jazz shot 50-whatever percent from three. Um, so, I, I'm, you know, the Jazz shot had, like, really, truly one of the great shooting games of any team all season long. I don't think there's a lot of teams that have an effective field goal percentage of over 68% all year. That's really probably all we should be talking about. There are some things in last night's game that, that really have to be fixed or we actually don't win the series. Um, they were in transition about 20% of their possessions last night. We, they're not a transition team. Their instinct is to stay in half, but we cannot allow that to take place. We were in transition only 5% of our time. Again, it's great that we made a bunch of shots, but we, we really got stagnant and slow. So th- there's a bunch of parts of this game where we're, we should 
we really were really fortunate to have won that game. We played an incredible half court offensive game and made a ton of shots and got the win and we'll take it. And now now go play a more real you know, now go win in a manner that's that's you know, that's not the way we're gonna have to win games. We're gonna have to find a different way to win the next two. So I'm curious with the Clippers in transition, uh, sometimes you get transition off turnovers, sometimes you get it off missed shots, and then there's the most hideous one where you're getting transition buckets off made shots, which will irritate every coach ever. Uh, can you break down those transition hoops and how it was happening? Um, not entirely. How's that? Okay. Um, I'm looking at clean. I'm using the website Cleaning the Glass. Um, and I, uh, I mean, I think they turned every single live ball turnover into a fast break. Um, it seems as though, if I'm reading this right, they were in transition 37% of the time off of a live rebound, mm. which is really high, which is like really, really high. So it's all a problem and that has to be, that has to be changed. Yeah. So those, I mean, those are the. Yeah, hey, we won, right? Be be really, really excited. But like, if you're analyzing the game from and then you know you're not just being hyped and you're being giving an analysis and looking at it like, okay, well, are we blowing them out of the series? Is this going to be a five game series? I don't. My, my initial take on the numbers don't see a five game series. Like I see the Jazz having got fortunate, gotten fortunate. The the thing I do see, um, and I'm I'm mes- there's two things I'm just mesmerized by in this series. So the espresso finally kicked in, David. I'm ready to go now. All right. Um, the two things I'm totally mesmerized about, and I, I, the Clippers are so talented. I mean, each of their guys just has a resume that's, that's you know, somewhat through the roof. Even even their lesser players, you know, Reggie Jackson averaged 19 points a game at one point in time. Was like borderline All Star in Detroit. You know, I don't love his game, but like he was. That's a fact. Um, and he was great last night. they you know, Nicholas Batum was borderline All Star in Portland for 13 years in the league you know, max contract. Um, they're so talented that I think they rolled through the regular season with occasional effort or convenient effort. In other words, when they had to, they turned it on. Um, but if you watch them play, they're not playing with a focus on every possession or with an intention on every possession. And I think, you know, I th- clearly, you know, they're the third, second best offense in the league and like ninth best defense. Like they, this is, I think, because of the fact that they didn't need to. Um, when you watch the film, it costs them a lot because we play every possession with an intention. That's who, what the culture that has been built around this franchise is. And we go back to the communication issue. You know, Royce and Donovan and Rudy and Joe have all played together for four years. Derek's been a part of that for three of the last four years, right? Boyan's been now for two full years. Jordan's a year and a half. Like these Mike's two years now. Like there's a connectivity to the Jazz in the way they play every possession with an intention that is very different than what I'm seeing out of the Clippers. And I think that's determining the series as of right now. Like the two biggest plays to me of the entire series, there's many others, but, and then Donovan's an outrageous superstar right now. We cannot forget that is George Niang gets a wide open three in game one with three players pointing at it. No one's running to him. Three players are pointing at him. Like you go get him, you go get him, you go get him. And the same thing happens with Joe Ingles last night. Yeah. And to, and so to, I don't know if that's, 
convenient effort or occasional effort, or if it's the second thing. And this blows my mind. On two, if not three occasions last night, Tyrone Liu had a five-man lineup on the floor that had never played together. Never. Not like not in the playoffs. Not like not recently. Never. And I find that bizarre. I think the bizarre. I think, I think it's really you got to try out everything in the regular season to be ready for the playoffs. You're trying stuff out in the playoffs. Right. That's bizarre. Right. And this whole idea that I play eleven guys and then whittle it down to nine. Like there's just there are some. He's got a championship. I'm a broadcaster, not a coach. Um, if I have learned anything from being inside of a coaching staff before, and fortunately, in, probably in, you know, seeing the inside workings of one of the elite coaching staffs in this league, everything's thought out. At least in the coaching staff that I've been on the inside of and seen, which is Quinn's. Um, but frankly, I was on the inside of Paul Westfalls in Seattle, and really close with everyone there too. And I was with it with Ann Donovan in the WNBA these things are worked. I mean, there's a lot of effort that goes in. So I'm very reluctant to sit here and pontificate about, but it's, I've never seen it before. So the thing that, if we're going to talk lineups, the thing that confused me, and you'll remember this play, Paul George drives. Well, that ought to be, you know, the core of what you do is the Clippers, right? That's why you're paying Paul George. And they've got a smaller lineup on the floor and Rudy is matched up with Kennard. And they put Kennard in the corner uh, right in Paul's line of vision as he drives. It's an easy, short pass for him, right? So that's good. That's smart. That's Everyone's deployed properly. Gobert's got to choose, and he's like, well, I, can't let, I can't just let Paul George drive to the hoop and dunk. If he does that all night, we get beat, right? So he goes to challenge that. He can't get back out to the corner. Kennard puts a rainbow three in over stretched out Rudy. And I'm thinking, yeah, they ought to give the Jazz a steady die to that. That seemed pretty well drawn up. That was Kennard's only shot of the game. He never got that again. I, for the life yeah, I mean, of me, don't understand that. They went. They went to. They pulled. They did some drives where what they're doing. What you're doing there is the number one rule is you never leave the strong side corner. Right like in the league, the rule is you don't leave the strong side corner. So they forced, and there was a play. I mean, I think the three key plays of the game, uh, from the other side, that we, I shared the open threes would be late in the game. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They frankly did what we're daring them to do. Um, and they want this, and that is that they drove Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and Rudy came off of his man to protect the paint, and they kicked to Rudy's man in their small lineup for open threes. Um, I, I would debate the term open. I think when there's a guy with a nine foot seven standing reach sprinting at you, it doesn't probably feel that open. <laughs> um, and they missed all three. And I thought Rudy, on one of them in particular, um, in the right corner, was a case where Rudy left the strong side corner, which is like the biggest no-no ever, and clearly the Jazz had given Rudy the okay to do it. Um, and he cut off the drive, and then he actually, I thought, got back and altered the shot, which was one of the most amazing defensive plays I've seen out of him. Like, it'll, you know, no one will ever talk about it. It wasn't one of these John Morant blocks or something like that. But the idea that at seven foot two, you're so agile that you cut off an all star's drive and then circle back to alter a three point shot. And he actually did it then. That's one. This corner's actually shorter. He then did it two plays later where the guy was high quadrant left and he got out to it. And that it was just amazing. Um, so those, those plays, actually, if you go back to them, that's exactly what the Clippers want. Like to their credit, to Tyler's credit, that's the, 
Those are, and he said it afterwards. So like, those are the shots they're getting. Now, from our standpoint, like that's not Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, so maybe we're okay with it. But those are, this is the number one catch and shoot team in the league. That that would be the other one. I haven't looked at the numbers tonight, last night, but in game one, they got 29 catch and shoot threes. They averaged 25 on the season. They averaged 43% on those. They went 10 of 29. I kind of think they had another 10 of 29 catch and shoot three night last night. That's, again, way too many threes of catch-and-shoot threes allowed, and they're only hitting 10 now. When they get back in the building, they know they're going to make 15 or 18, and they're going to hit us. So I think this series, I think the Jazz is brilliant. I think Donovan, I don't know what we're watching. Like, I do not know what we're watching. He's only in his fourth year in the league. Like, you got And he's arrived. Yeah, you you have arrived. There's a stat last night that we've won all six playoff games with him, and the only time someone's won six playoff games and scored this many points is Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. Like I get scorings up and some of these numbers are screwy right now, but that like tells you all you need to know. I mean, this is this is astronomical what we're watching. And to watch it in someone's fourth year is completely unheard of. Unheard of. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have made more all star games than Donovan Mitchell's played seasons in the league. So last thing, because you touched on this and then you went to the Donovan Mitchell storyline, which is obviously a compelling storyline. But to the point you're pointing about, the Clippers missing open threes. Marcus Morris Sr. is one of 14 in this series from three. He's a better three-point shooter than that. Well, do you know what he is for the season on Cat? And I think, you know, he's he's taken a few off the bounce and he's terrible at that. Marcus Morris Sr. on the season, this is a pretty good sample set. 127 of 255 on catch and shoot threes. 50%. Yeah. Like, right. Like, that's. Now, hey, it's the playoffs and all these shots are a little different, but he's been a 50% three point shooter for like two years. Um, So. So watch Marcus Moore Sr. in game three and figure out if the Clippers, if he's hitting threes, the Clippers are going to get a boost. Right. I think that's, you know, again, like, I'm not trying to be like just. Be fired up, scream and yell, be great, see, be great. Like, don't be surprised if these games swing a tiny bit coming up here because, um, by the way, they were 7 of 21 on catch and shoot threes last night. So tip of the hat to the defense with that number's down to 21 or 20 where you want it to be. They were 7 of 21. Concerning on our end, we only got 13. All right, David, we got to run. We appreciate it, though. Thanks for joining us. You, You enjoy the trip. Yes, we do. Uh, bills to pay. And you enjoy the trip to L.A., and we will hear you 6.30 Saturday night, Game 3, and then Game 4 Monday night. If we were on a phone call, just the two of us, nothing else on our agenda, how long would the call go today? Oh, probably another hour. Okay. <laughs> I mean, ultimately you would say, dude, I got to jump. <laughs> That's that, how, that is, that that is, is exactly how it I, would that end. Is my, that is my phrasing. There is no question that that is my phrasing. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you, David. Right, I, got, I got to jump. Okay. There's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Let's welcome in Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys, if you've been struggling with ED, Andrew is here. Breakthrough treatment that doesn't involve a pill, injections, or surgery. Injections or surgery. Yikes. That is not something, neither one of those you want to be using if you're struggling with ED. What we're finding is There's a lot of guys that maybe don't think they have erectile dysfunction, they're too young, but they're also not really happy in the bedroom. We have helped so many guys like this. Uh, More blood vessels, more blood flow. That's what our treatments, the wave therapy, can accomplish. 40 clinical studies showing this is effective at treating the actual 
root cause of ED. And you said it, uh, no pills. That means no side effects. And you get some of that spontaneity back into the bedroom. So what are the top causes of ED? We see uh, a lot of diabetes and prostate issues. But even further than that, it's damaged blood vessels. Probably as we age, as we eat, uh, and restricted blood flow. ED is a blood flow problem. So we're actually treating the problem instead of just throwing pills at the symptoms and trying to mask the issue. You got a special offer for people who call you this morning. The number is 801-901-8000. Tell them about that. We do. Call us now and get the intimacy back. You can do the assessment, basically the approval process with the doctor that's done here in our clinic. Uh, By the way, Murray and St. George, so either one. Um, and he'll do a blood flow ultrasound. We'll do that totally free. You get a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, which you'll love, and uh, new patients get free testosterone, so a lot of value today. You can call right now at 801-901-8000. Call Andrew Reinhardt with the Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. The number for that free offer is 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. The Big Show Big with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. From The Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Rudy Gobert gets his third Defensive Player of the Year. This was by far his best defensive year, and I thought it was cool that he was recognized for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I voted for him. He continues to prove people wrong when it comes to the whole, if you switch him out on the perimeter, he's going to be like a baby giraffe. Those days are over. But beyond that, you got to account for the tremendous impact he's making not only at the rim, but negatively impacting the opponent's three-point shooting because of the way his teammates can defend on the perimeter, knowing he's behind them. Nobody in the league had anywhere near the impact night in, night out that Rudy did. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. DJ PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing for a free quote. And for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. Well, the Utah Jazz are up 2 0. On the Clippers, what is sustainable going forward? Where have the Jazz cotton 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 cotton? That's first cousin of Broughton, by the way. Just kidding. Welcome cotton. To, welcome to Utah. Cotton and Broughton. Oh, that cool. sounds that sounds like a law firm. When you need help, call Cotton and Broughton. That's a good law firm name. <laughs> Uh, so some of the things that are sustainable, that are not sustainable, David Locke just brought up a good one here. Through two, and the Jazz won these two games, you got them in your pocket and you're not giving them back. But the law of numbers, as Matt Harbin likes to say, man, Morris can't keep shooting like this, can he? 0 for 5 and 1 for 9, 1 for 14. I mean, they're going to a small lineup. They know Rudy's going to help. You need five shooters on the floor. So... How do you get shots for the roll guys, the Morrises, the Canards of the world? Canard really, Luke Canard really hurt the Jazz in game one, and he made a lot of shots. In game two, he got one shot in 10 minutes. And it surprised me because the shot he got wasn't fluky. It was well drawn up, well executed, and he nailed it. Morris has been hitting these shots for a couple years. Now, it could just be what we've just seen from Joe. You know, you can cherry pick the numbers. That's why PK always rants on the numbers. I know what I see. You can cherry-pick the numbers. And if you pick games 3, 4, and 5 from the Grizzlies series and game 1 from the playoff series with the Clippers here, you can make a case that Joe Ingles is a terrible shooter 
and is killing the Jazz. Now, it's not the truth. You've cherry-picked the numbers. You can also make a case, if you just take games one and two from the Grizzly series and game two from the Clippers series, that Joe Ingles is a Hall of Famer and the greatest shooter who ever lived. Joe would say thank you. But he's not here to say thank you, so we're going to skip over that. You know, you got you to gotta look at the whole picture. You focus on any part of the picture, and then it's Quinn Snyder and every other coach he's ever lived will tell you, you're getting too high, you're getting too low. Joe had another 90 shot, 70%. Not sustainable. Bigger picture. Now, you don't get a regular season sample size. You really are who you are in the regular season over the course of 82, this year's 72 games. Guys do get hot and cold in a playoff series. And four games ends it. So, it's possible Moore shoots it really poorly a couple more times and opens the door for the Jazz to win on the road. But he's missing everything, and the Jazz are shooting 51% from three. And the Jazz win by six points. And Joe Ingles threw in a layup off the top of the backboard. (laughs) If you're looking for a more unlikely shot in this series, you might go to Clarkson banking in a three. We do see threes banked in occasionally. We see layups off the top of the backboard a couple times a year in the entire league. I mean, it happens. But it doesn't happen very often. So, what can you sustain? Where do the Jazz go from here? 2-0 is great. If they come back 2-2, everybody's going to be real nervous. So nervous. I think the biggest thing the Jazz have that seems sustainable and the Clippers really have to turn around is Donovan Mitchell is scoring at a clip (laughs) that is sustainable. You know, what is the bubble worth, right? Donovan had those 50-point games in the bubble a year ago. Okay, he's not averaging 50, but he's averaging 41 points a game. Now he's done it in two home games. You got to go do it on the road. You got to mix in the travel, the hostile crowd, the bad shooting background, all that kind of stuff. And teams, you know, punching back, figuring out how to counter and stop you. If Donovan keeps going at this rate, the Clippers are in trouble. If the Clipper role players keep going at this rate, the Clippers are in trouble. The Jazz loading up on extra shooters. The Jazz, everybody, I mean, you get to this level, everybody's got three or four good shooters. But the Jazz having seven good shooters. Now with Locke, um, I didn't have a chance to bring this up, we're running out of time, but Cousins, Beverly, and Morris, also a good law firm, by the way. For all your real estate law, Cousins, Beverly, and Morris. They were combined 0 for 8 from 3. And they got to shoot it because they played big minutes. Those guys uh, combined play like 69 minutes. You can't hide them. You're going to be out there on the floor that long. The Jazz are going to rotate off you at some point. You got to hit your open shots when you get the Jazz into a scramble. And those guys went 0 for 8 from 3. And Morris took 5 of them. So, you know, the right guys are taking them. And the Jazz are just going to dare Beverly to shoot. Rondo was out in this game. He didn't play. They decided to go with Beverly. And he was 0 for 5. And 0 for 2 from 3. Now, he did his defensive thing, and he got a steal off of Joe and dug the ball out and all that stuff. But those guys were 0 for 8. Now, the Jazz, because you got so many role players who are good, Yang has his 0 for 3 night. You know, he'll have a night. He's 3 for 5. It'll happen. But the Jazz survived Royce O'Neal and George Yang going to combine 1 for 6 because they got so many shooters. You got 7. You got 1 hurt. Mike Conley's out. He's one of your shooters. He doesn't play. You got two guys who are ice cold. You still got four guys on fire from three 
and it gets you the win. On a night, you shoot 51% as a team. And the Clippers could have shot 50% from the team, but they had, or 50% from the three, but they had three guys who dragged them down to about 36, 37%. And that's why they lose the game. There is this make or miss quality of the league you can't deny. You do everything else, and how you screen matters, and how you space matters, and are you willing to pass, or do you have your eyes out? All the lines we've heard all year in all these Zoom interviews, they're all true. But at the end, when you get the open shot, you got to make it. And Donovan Mitchell is just going to another level that's blowing people away. And so if your role guys can kind of ham and egg it, all right, one guy's hurt, and a couple guys aren't shooting it that well, but... One guy, Royce O'Neal, is defending high-level guys at a high rate. And I, I think as much as the Jazz win, if Mitchell keeps averaging 41 points a game, do the Clippers win if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are averaging 24 points? Kawhi Leonard had 21 last night. Paul George had 27. Is that enough, or do they have to go off? Nothing wrong with scoring in the 20s. You're an awfully good player playing at a high level. But in the stacked West... And you get to the second round, and everybody's really good. If you're just good, is that enough? Or do you have to get to very good or to great? So, I guess the good news if you're a Clipper fan and you're down 0-2, you've been 0-2 before. And the thing that ought to scare the Jazz is, you're winning by six points, their role players are sucking at hitting open shots, and their stars are merely good. They haven't been great. Are their stars going to be great? They don't need all of this to happen. If one of their stars gets going the way Paul George was going in the last series, and maybe he just can't do it. Dallas is an average defensive team in the regular season, and once you get to the playoffs and all the bad teams are gone, you know, Dallas becomes the bad team defensively. He lit them up. Well, the Jazz are elite. Jazz, they, they've been top three or four defensively all year long. Even when they have a lull, they don't seem to drop below like fourth in the league. And then they have stretched. They play well, the numbers get better, and they climb. So the Jazz are elite defensively. So some of this stuff may not just be happening. Credit the Jazz for making it happen. But, you know, what's sustainable? Jazz have to do it two more times. All right, we got a lot of your feedback coming up. We will get to that next. A lot of you tweeting at us, Facebook. Yuck, how's it going with the open mic? People got their takes. Got their hot takes on game uh, game two. Sad to report, I have zero. All right, people, that gets you to the front of the line. Grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic, send us your take. We'll get to that coming up. And we got Gordon Monson joining us in 15 minutes for his take on game two. Stay with us. The Utah Jazz. Donovan Spider Mitchell has been fantastic. The Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard. A ninja. Catch every second of every moment of jazz basketball on the Zone Sports Network as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert battle Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers for a spot in the Western Conference Finals. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Donovan Mitchell is a superstar, like everyone is saying, and I love David Locke's final call of that second half shot when he went, Oh, Donovan, say it with me! Oh, Donovan! (laughs) DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. 
Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of the contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. That's the open mic right there. That was Dwight. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your audio. Send us your take. You don't have to wait on hold. 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to call and wait on hold. Gordon Monson's joining us coming up. Uh, Mark Jones on the ESPN broadcast did drop a Donovan. Oh, Donovan. Copyright infringement. (laughs) Donovan Mitchell playing like a megastar. 45 points. Backs it up with 37 points. He put up huge numbers in the bubble. And in the bubble, you wonder, well... Is it the travel? Is there's no fans in the shooting background? He had two 50-point games. They lost the seven-game series, but uh, it was shocking. Well, he averaged 28.5 points a game in the wins, the four wins over the Grizzlies. Obviously, he didn't play in the loss. Now he's averaging 41 points a game in these two games. Donovan into the stratosphere here. And the thing is, he's shooting 48% in the playoffs. Really efficient. It's not like, hey, I got 50 points, but I needed 60 shots. It's phenomenal. Let's go to Scott, 855-340-ZONE. Scott, good morning. Scott, game two reaction and go. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say, Bogey went to another level last night defensively. I could not believe the job he was doing on Kawhi. I mean, he was full-on, bodied up. I mean, he could not get space to shoot. I mean, it was beautiful to watch. I wish he'd do that more often. It was amazing. I totally agree with that. I think that guys do good stuff on defense based on the scheme and everybody's supposed to be rotating. Everybody has their primary responsibility and the second thing they got to do. And so guys play great defense, but we don't know because we don't get to see what the scheme is. I think where Bogey really gets the pat on the back for that is when you're on the ball against a star in the middle of the court, now all eyes are on you. You know, what subtly you do with your spacing and off the ball and help and the angles you take away. The people who know the scheme can appreciate it, but they'll never tell us the scheme. What Bogey had to do, on the ball in the middle of the court, we can all see. And I think it goes back to what Locke said earlier, and that is the thing he's got going for him is, you know, do you use your size? Do you use your strength? Do you use your quickness? Like, Kyrie Irving just blows by people, right? Kevin Durant rises up over people. Everybody's, you got to play the advantage you've got. Kawhi, strength and length, super long arms. I mean, he's a tall dude, but the wingspan, he plays even taller. And Bogey's got the size, and Bogey's really strong. So really what it comes down to is, you know, the willpower. (laughs) You know, he's trying to enforce his will on you, you're trying to enforce your will on him, and uh, Bogey did a great job of getting out there and battling him. And for the series now, and it's not just Bogey who takes him, right? Royce O'Neal is playing 41 minutes because of what he gives Quinn in the defensive matchups. And on the, on the nights he shoots the three well, and he's one for three, that's fine, you know, 33%. There'll be nights he'll be, you know, two for five or four for seven. That's all a bonus. Quinn's got him out there because of the numbers Locke had. Uh, the shooting percentage is so low for Kawhi Leonard. Now, when there's one good defender, and Joe Ingles said this in his postgame, and we played it earlier this morning, Joe and Donovan said, whoever Patrick Beverly defends... The other guy brings the ball up the floor. 
And you just isolate that one guy and you get him away from what he does best. And Kawhi and Paul George all year, when there's one defender, they'll let the other guy go. Whoever the best defenders, the other guy will make the play. So I think it's really big that Bogey comes up big because Royce is going to be playing great D, but they can just go to the other guy who Royce isn't guarding and go to town, the way Joe Ingles said they handled Patrick Beverly. So when someone like Bogey comes up big, I just think it's double the impact because it makes what Royce is doing so valuable. Royce can be out there and be great, but if they put him on one side of the floor on Kawhi and Paul George goes to town on the other side of the floor, well, you didn't get a stop. So Royce is great, but what did he get you? You get a second guy defending like Royce, like Bogey did, and now you're in business. All right, Yach, you're waiting through the open mics in there? Yeah, we got a good one here from Lane. All right, let's listen to Lane. Rather than talk about the game, and it was awesome last night, I want to give a shout-out to DJ and PK and the whole show. Best morning radio, last 20 years. Thanks for sending me and my wife to the game. It was awesome. Glad you had a good time, Lane. Thanks to Scotty G and uh, his contacts in the jazz organization. I think I know who you are, but I don't want to call you out in case you did something you weren't supposed to do. Is it who I'm thinking of? Probably. Okay. But, 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 just on the chance someone did us a solid, we don't need everyone running to our source. Then our source would have to split the tickets good among point. many other people. Good call. If Scotty has worked some deal, good for Scotty and good for our source. And good for Lane, because Lane's listened for a long time, so I'm glad Lane got to go to the game. And if there is a Game 5, and I know many of you hope there isn't, but if there is a Game 5, hopefully Scotty will take out the magic wand and make the tickets appear in the air out of thin air, or however he does it. By any means necessary, at any cost. Am I, am I hitting them all, Yuck? Glad you enjoyed it, Lane. Hopefully, uh, we'll have tickets for the next home game, regardless of what series it is. We're talking about Scotty, you got to use it here. That being said. That being said, I'm taking my talents <laughs> to fill in the name of the school I'm transferring to. Scotty loves seeing that on, uh, on social media. All right, DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, guys have been struggling with ED, but they're hesitant to come in, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, 70% of men with erectile dysfunction do nothing. And I'm assuming that they kind of just accept that as the new normal. Well, that phase of my life is over. This is part of the aging process. And the embarrassment or stigma around ED, in my opinion, is uh, not a good thing. It holds men back from getting treatment. The relationship suffers, and it doesn't have to be that way. At Wasatch Medical, we're using pressure waves. Cambridge University studied technology that opens up and regrows blood vessels. And we have seen, in fact, patients have told us life-changing results. In two to three weeks with just a few treatments, you could eliminate the pill, uh, turn back the clock some in the bedroom, and get that spontaneity response. So what are the top causes of ED? Because you've... you've Oh, Andrew just dropped. Well, we weren't going to find the top causes of ED. But I can tell you this, Andrew has a special offer. And if you want the discount, call right now, 801-901-8000. they got a special discount from now till the end of the show, so you got to call by 10 o'clock. 801-901-8000. 
Wasatch Medical, and Andrew has magically reappeared. Andrew, how are you? <laughs> I'm back. Sorry You're that. back, baby. Uh, I was about to ask you, what are the top causes of ED? Because you talk to a lot of people who have ED, so I guess you could throw our listeners a freebie right here, because maybe there's some things they can do. Or maybe it's just other stuff going on with their health, and there's nothing they can do, and they should stop blaming themselves. Well, I think that lifestyle does play a role in this, diabetes, prostate issues, but it is true that it's happening to totally healthy, normal people. And if you're experiencing some failure in the bedroom, I've never really seen it correct itself on its own or go away. So we need to solve the blood flow issue. We need to repair the blood vessels, and we can do it with the acoustic wave uh, at Wasatch. We've helped a lot of couples regain the intimacy. All right, explain the special offer. I was saying that you have one, but you have the specifics. We do. If you're struggling with ED, if you're sick of the pills, call us now. The initial screening and assessment with our doctor will be free. The blood flow ultrasound, pretty cool, by the way. That's free. Uh, And you get the little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, which guys really like. Uh, A lot of value. Call us. It's absolutely no charge. 801-901-8000. That is the phone number for Wasatch Medical. 801-901-8000. Ask for the special offer at 801-901-8000. Tell them the zone sent you. Andrew, thank you. Thank you.